When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land's recruiting centric podcast, to the dotted line. My name is Matt Timonini. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and even recruits themselves. On today's episode, following a big Saturday night victory for the Buckeyes over Notre Dame, I am joined by Land Grant Holy Land recruiting columnist and our resident football coach, Caleb Hauser. Caleb, how are you, man? Your your team up in uh, up in Michigan, your high school team is two and zero. Congratulations. I, I I don't know what's what you're more excited about that or the fact that the Buckeyes beat Notre Dame, but I'm not going to make you pick here on this podcast. Though. Yeah, no, those, those two go hand in hand coaching at a Catholic school. We have a lot of kids on our team that are, oh, yeah. are big Notre Dame fans. So uh, tonight at practice, I'll, I'll give them the business a little bit, but I, I try to keep as humble as I can during the year up here. Cause we've got, you know, the rest of the kids, if they're not uh, Notre Dame fans, it's kind of Michigan or Michigan state. So yeah. I just stay, I just stay relatively quiet. And then hopefully, you know, come November time, I'll be able to, you know, gloat even more. So we'll, yeah. we'll go with that, but Let's two hope. good wins for our team. And yeah, last, this past Saturday was huge and just, you know, excited already for Ohio state to get started with, uh, you know, the next week. So, I mean, once one game's over, it's kind of like counting down to the, to the next Saturday. Yeah. And one of the things that was, great about that game on Saturday night not only obviously the fact that Ohio State won but the way they won seems to have impacted a lot of players who were in attendance either for official or unofficial visits Um, the defense kind of showing up a little bit that seems to have done some swaying in the minds of some defensive recruits and also the atmosphere that came along with a top five primetime season opening game seems to have really impacted folks like I saw I think it was was it Keon Keeley who walked into the shoe and just like they had a video of him and he just seemed to like holy shit like this is amazing so I mean I think the fact that they won the way they did I don't think anyone has any doubts that the passing game is going to be fine Uh, but the fact that they were able to, to use power run were able to really shut people down uh, with their defense, and then to have such an electric atmosphere, that seems like it really had a big impact on a lot of the guys who were in attendance on visits. Yeah, and Ryan Day kind of hit on it on his post-game presser, and it just the reoccurring theme of, you know, if we get to win this way or if we're able to win this way, it bodes well for us, you know, down the stretch and into the regular season. Um, you know, not just non-conference play. So, I mean, for me, when I look at kind of the Twitter buzz and everything that's surrounding the recruiting weekend that we just had, 
most of the news obviously is from defensive players. And I don't think that's, you know, by mistake when you've got a team like Ohio state that, you know, basically shut down Notre Dame for 40 minutes. And, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Cause I mean, Notre Dame is a great team and they earned what they earned, but I mean, on the two touchdown yeah. or the touchdown drive that they had, I mean, if they don't have, you know, a lucky pass that the guy catches on the ground, I mean, that was third and long. So, I mean, you know, maybe it's a three point game, if you will. And then obviously the first play of the game that goes for 50 plus yards. Yeah. It's a, it's a missed tackle and it's a, you know, a corner blitz. And if that sets up well, I mean, who knows, maybe they don't score at all. So, I mean, for me, it's kind of one of those things that, like you said, uh, the pass game is going to be fine. I mean, seeing Jackson Smith, the jig would not, not even play basically the whole game. And then Julian Fleming, obviously being out, that's for CJ Stroud to be able to go out there and he's got basically four new guys that he's throwing to all night. I mean, that, that really, that really bodes well for us moving on. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about that. But again, the recruiting buzz that you saw, you know, on Twitter and throughout the rest of the weekend has really been on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't think that's by coincidence at all. Since Saturday night, there have been three crystal balls going Ohio State's favor. One is from uh, an athlete. So I don't know. We can talk about what Garrett Stover uh, is going to play. And yes, that last name should be familiar to Buckeye fans. Um, another one is an offensive lineman and another is a wide receiver. So even though a lot of the big five-star, high four-star guys that have been saying really great things about their experience in Columbus, we haven't gotten the crystal balls from them, but we have had you know three four-star guys get crystal balled to the Buckeyes. So what order do you want to take these in? Does it matter to you? Do you want to go from highest rating to lowest? What do you What are you thinking here? Any, anything you want. I mean, if we right. want to start with Carrot Stover, that's fine with me too. Just, you know, being that how well Cade played. I mean, I think the kind of the funny, funny aspect of Saturday night's game was how, how much Cade Stover was used, even in the passing game. I mean, he had what three receptions and it's like, I yeah. mean, it's, that's a lot again, it's, it's kind of comical. Exactly. That's exactly where I'm getting at. It's kind of ironic that we're talking about that, but I mean, shoot to Jeremy Ruckert, who's, you know, one of the best sightings Ohio state's ever had have three targets in a game that, you know, that early in a game. So it's just, you know, kind of one of those things where it's like, wow, you know, maybe they maybe they were trying to scheme up Cade, you know, as a tight end just because of how how things work down the stretch with Jackson being out and Julian being out and those those aspects. But, yeah, if you want to start with Garrett Stover, he plays free safety right now for his team, but he's a big, big body. Um, if you kind of look at his film, the way he comes down and hits, it's would be no surprise to me if if he grows a little bit and kind of turns into one of those uh you know stand up edge rushers kind of like a like a Jack Sawyer if you will but I mean right now he's you know already he's 6'2 195 pounds so I mean and he's, he's a, a 2024 guy so that's important Correct. to remember yep. he's only I guess that makes him a, a junior then Correct yep I mean he's it, again you know maybe he'll grow maybe he won't grow but I mean if he's got I mean Cade if you look at Cade with, <laughs> with what he's at on Ohio State's roster being able to kind of go back and forth from offensive defense I, I think that pretty much bodes well for his cousin Garrett who definitely looks kind of the part they're almost like clones of each other so if they've got a I mean and again Cade was Mr. Football in Ohio for when he was in high school so if they've got the same lineage going on there I think Garrett's gonna be one of those players that you know you, you can do a lot of things with it's interesting that he's listed as an athlete rather than a, a safety or is that what you said? He, he's playing right now for his high school yeah, team. Yep, safety? He currently plays. Yep. He plays free safety for his, uh, for his uh, high school team, big walnut, but also plays on the offensive side of the ball too. But do you see him, you said a stand up edge rusher. Do you think that he fits into that Jack role or whatever we're doing with, um, uh, with court Williams and seeing him kind of be a hybrid linebacker uh, spot. What are you, what are you seeing? I know again, it's only been one week of Jim Knowles defense, but do you, sure. where do you see him slotting in there? 
my opinion, I think it's all based upon on, on growth. You know, it, yeah. if he's a junior right now and he's six to 195 pounds, that's one of those things where, yeah, you can play safety like that, but that's where it's, you know, that that's the guy that's in the box. It's, it's one of those things where he might not play free safety at the next level, because those are the guys that are sideline to sideline where this, you know, six to 195 pound body at the college level, that's going to be one of those guys that probably comes down into the box and, you know, really helps out and run and run defense. But again, if it's one of those deals where Garrett grows and, you know, he gets to six, three, six, four, two fifteen, then it's, you know, one of those things where, yeah, I don't think that's a safety anymore. That might be an outside linebacker or a rush end, if you will. Yeah. All right. Good. The next guy uh, on the list, I got a crystal ball, and these are all coming from Steve Wiltfong, the director of football recruiting for 24-7. The next one is Mylon Graham, who is a wide receiver out of New Haven, Indiana. He is currently rated as the number 151 prospect in the 2024 class, according to 24-7 sports composite rankings. I also always want to point this out, especially this early in the, the cycle. Uh, 24-7, who, in my opinion, has the best individual um, service rankings, has him as number 99. So a a third of the way up the list from what the composites currently have. And we know, being only a junior, that those usually fall more in line with 24-7s than than ESPNs or on threes or anybody else that's factoring in there. So um, this is kind of your bread and butter when it comes to receivers. And if... Ohio State's recruiting a receiver this early. You have to imagine that Brian Hartline really, really likes what he sees. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of one of the things that was touched on, you know, a couple of times, even on even on the amount announcements, you know, during the game with the commentary was, you know, everybody's like, wow, Ohio State, you know, they're always taking this many receivers. But again, on Saturday night, you know, where anything can happen, you need you know, a hall of receivers every year, you know, so it's not one of those things where Ohio state's over signing by any means. They, they need them when they go three or four receiver sets on the offensive side of the ball, you know, you, you need those guys, especially with, you know, Jackson out, Julian out, you just never know um, with injuries and whatnot, especially at that position, because it can be so delicate. Uh, but for me, Mylon Graham's one of those guys that he's not a new name by any means to Ohio state recruiting. He's got 14 offers to his name already. Um, Alabama's in there, Michigan, Auburn, Michigan state are in there as well too. So if they're able to, go in and poach another kid from Indiana. That's a big deal. Uh, But if you look at the 2024 cycle receiver wise, and these are guys that, you know, have uh, again, been names that are not new to Ohio state recruiting followers by any means, but um, Josiah trader, Jojo trader um, down in Shamanah, Madonna prep in Hollywood, Florida, and his teammate, Jeremiah Smith um, there. I mean, I can't, I mean, off topic here, but I mean, a, a high school program having both Jojo Trader and Jeremiah Smith on the same offense is just you're actually jealous. unfair. Yeah, you're um, jealous. Yeah, a little bit. I've got great kids, and, and this is a little plug for them. We played this past Thursday night, and I have four receivers. All four of them scored once, and another one of our receivers scored twice. So I was a happy camper, but I'm yeah. just looking at these kids that are absolutely unbelievable, and to have them both on the same you know team is is truly unfair but again it's one of those things where brian hartline gets in on these guys early develops an incredible relationship and obviously when you look at what he's able to do from a development standpoint it's a no-brainer so if they're able to kind of highlight those three um in the 2024 cycle with trader again jeremiah smith and then obviously uh, mylon graham who's just got the crystal ball that's kind of a uh again another three a three pull for brian hartline that's just you know again unfair but also cements himself as you know being the the top recruiting guy on this staff, um, in my opinion, and, and obviously the best receivers coach in the country. Yeah. Uh, another guy from Indiana who got a crystal ball over the weekend was uh, offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman, Ian Moore. So that's guard center looking. He is currently 6'5", 295 pounds. 
as a high school junior. Good God. Um, he is currently rated as the number 109 player in 24-7 sports composite rankings. He is number one in 24-7's individual rankings. Um, he, it's funny, the three schools that 24-7 has him warm on are the three that you would imagine for a Midwest kid right. uh, who's an offensive lineman. It's Iowa, Wisconsin, and of course, Ohio State. Yeah, no, this is this is another one where it's just, again, if these guys are in your backyard in Big Ten country, it just, it sets you up well. It's kind of, I think of it, in, you know, as a 2023 cycle with Ohio State being able to get all the in-state guys that they have at the offensive line. You know, once again, if you're able to kind of put the perimeter around your state, but then able to pull guys that are, you know, right in your backyard. I mean, Indiana's obviously a border state. So if Ohio State is able to go in there and get Ian Moore, that's a huge, huge get for them. Um, and, and again, it's one of those things where, you know, we need Justin Fry to be able to show himself that he can do these things nationally, but it's, it's you know, it's not a problem. If these guys are that highly ranked, you know, in their backyard again, everybody wants to, you know, kind of see the guys from Florida, California, Texas, you know, the, in Georgia, these big name areas where, you know, most of the national prospects are. And that's, you know, again, that's one of those things where if Ohio State's able to do that, that checks off the box that we've been waiting for, um, you know, since Justin Fry's been here. But again, if those guys that are in their backyard are able to be, you know, Ohio State leans or, you know, guys that you're able to get, it's a no brainer. And I'm, I'm excited for, you know, that kind of a kid who's, like you said, 6'5", 295 as a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, something's in the water in New Palestine, Indiana. So if we can get that kid, that's a, that's a big get, obviously, yeah. no pun intended. <laughs> Very well done. Um, all right. Speaking of a big get, there was no... No crystal balls uh, for for this kid over the weekend, and there are most of the crystal balls right now are leaning towards Alabama, which is no shock. But uh, edge rusher who I mentioned earlier, Keon Keeley, who is from Berkeley Prep in Tampa, Florida, he is a 242 pound defensive end. He is the number nine player according to twenty four seven Sports Composite rankings. Alabama, Florida, and Ohio State are the teams that are currently projected as being warm on his list. Notre Dame, he'd originally had a few uh, crystal balls for, but those have kind of faded away at this point. He had some really, really good things to say about his visit, as you would expect. But um, what are the vibes coming on with uh, Keeley after his visit to the Horseshoe on Saturday night? Well, I think the big point for me is if he hasn't committed yet, that gives Ohio State a fighting chance. And that probably seems kind of obvious. But, you know, when all of those crystal balls came flooding in for Alabama after his decommitment from Notre Dame, it was kind of one of those you know aspects where it's like, well, this might just be a matter of time. And the fact that it's gone on a little bit longer. Sure, he might still end up at Alabama. But the fact that it has gone on, you know, a couple of weeks after his decommitment, I think that bodes well for the Buckeyes. I forgot he was committed. I completely forgot that was him. But, yeah, you're right. That's yep. a, that yeah, is a no, really good point. No doubt. And I mean. I think another aspect for me that I always look at is when these guys come on official visits, obviously, you know, it's exciting to have them there, but if their family's also in attendance, that's where things start to get really serious. And once again, Keon was able to bring his family, exactly. Yep. Able to bring his family up this past weekend to see Ohio state. He's not a stranger to Ohio state's campus. He's been there before, but I think for him to be able to see how Zach Harrison, JT, Jack Sawyer, and on down the list played this weekend. I just think that probably gives him a little bit more to think about that. Yes. Alabama is the cream of the crop you know, in college football. But when you've got a guy, you know, at Ohio State like Larry Johnson, I just, again, those relationships that he's able to build the, you know, kind of, in my opinion, the, for me, it's just one of those things when you're able to see the rotations on the defensive line, that's where things get exciting, where, you know, a player like Keon Keeley might be able to say, you know, man, you know, I'm going to shoot my shot at this program. I'm going to get, you know, a player, I'm going to get a players around me that are going to help me, that are going to get me better, but I'm also going to have a position coach here that might play me early because 
because of the rotation kind of deal that they have. So uh, for me, again, it's one of those things that he might not come to Ohio State, but I definitely think this past weekend, being with his family were there, being that it was the environment and the atmosphere that Ohio State had, you know, on Saturday night in the primetime game, I just think it gives him more to think about. So, again, if a, if a pledge hasn't come yet, you know, Ohio State's definitely still in the mix. And, you know, that's really all you can ask for at this point. Yeah, he is next weekend or this coming weekend. He is going um, from his home in Tampa over to Gainesville to have a visit with the Gators and then we'll have one. Uh, next month with Alabama. So, you know, having the last visit is always really good. And of course, he has other official visits he could take. I don't know of any if he if he's going to take any more, but um, Alabama will have the advantage one because they've got all the crystal balls, but also two because they get that last visit to have that last opportunity to make an impact. But it is nice that he was on campus and brought his family and seemed to have really good thoughts about about his experience. Another guy that was on campus this weekend whose family is very important in this prospect and very outspoken in this prospect uh, was Mateo Uyunglele. Uh, his his dad, Big Dave, never shy of talking on social media. And I actually saw a tweet from Big Dave uh, that was, I think it was just Larry Johnson at a practice, like kind of like talking up uh, the defense, telling him about you know opportunities to get better, about how average is not acceptable in this program. Um, all of those things. And he was really talking, Big Dave was talking about how Larry Johnson is the reason why Mateo is willing to go from John Bosco prep in California all the way across the country to Ohio State. He, I mean, he's been there like at this point, it seems like he's been there a half dozen times already. Uh, but he was in attendance on Saturday. And, and what's the what's the word about his latest visit to Columbus? Yeah, off an off topic real quick about that video, because this is just something that I, I love so much. That video is actually whenever Meyer was still the head coach here. And oh, it's about it? okay. the 10. Yep. It's about the 10, 80, 10 theory. So the 10, 80, 10 theory is, you know, the 80 percent guys that are above average. You know, they're their guys that are, you know, basically made up of your program. The bottom 10 are the guys that aren't average yet. And then the top 10 are your guys that are elite. So that speech that he's giving um, is about elite guys taking people that are average and making them elite, you know, dragging them across, you know, that, that threshold to make them elite players. And then those average players need to grab the bottom 10 and make them average. So really it's all about just improving, you know, as a team and, you know, improving your roster, you know, within yourself with your development. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd say that's what Dave was talking about was, was talking about, you know, the, the camaraderie and the brotherhood that's so important. And I'm sure everybody preaches that, but that is very much the center of what, everybody says inside and outside the Ohio state program. Absolutely. And, and for me, it's one of those things that we kind of know right now that the top three for Mateo are Ohio state, Oregon and USC. So for Ohio state to be kind of the one school that's not, you know, really in that region that he lives in uh, again, it's one of those things where it might not be something that hurts them. It might be one of those things where, you know, Mateo does want to leave home. He does want to venture out. So for me, I kind of, again, I, maybe I'm off, off base in saying this, but I really do. I think Ohio state's going to win this commitment in the end because of the fact that his family is so much sold on Ohio state and his dad obviously is very vocal, like you said, but from what I've heard and other people and analysts that have kind of talked about Mateo's recruitment, it's also mom. That's kind of real big into this one. So, you know, I think dad's kind of on board that, you know, if his son wants to go to Ohio state, he's all in because he's pretty much said that, you know, on his social media, you know, channels in, in the past and even recently. So it's one of those recruitments that might, you know, lean up to, you know, what's mom thinking, what's Mateo thinking. So again, Ohio state's definitely in a good spot here and USC and Oregon probably do have, you know, every bit of the reason, you know, to own his, his recruitment as well too, just being with how close they are. But for me, it's one of those things that, 
Saturday night really did play a, you know, well for Ohio state, you know, how the defensive looked and, and again, with those defensive ends and how well they played Saturday night, I really do think if you take over the course of the season, what Ohio State does defensively is going to be a big, big player, you know, not only in Mateo's recruitment, but in other, you know, five-star recruitments as well that they're chasing still. So, again, it's one of those things where maybe it's, you know, against what defensive Ohio State, you know, looks like the rest of the year against, you know, Oregon yeah. and USC and what they look like. So, again, I'm, I'm just glad we have Jim Knowles and I keep going back to it, but I was so impressed you know, Saturday night, not, not with, you know, just the defense in general, but just the way the defensive ends played and just kind of the rotation they were getting after and how young guys have already stepped up in comparison to last year. You look at JT and Jack and Mike call, especially too. I mean, those guys were just, you know, dogs off the leash. And again, when you've got young players that are playing that well, that, that recent, you know, into the year and obviously, you know, that soon into their Ohio state career, I just think again, it, it preaches volumes to recruits and hopefully they're taking notice and I'm pretty sure they are. My one complaint is some of the interior defensive line rotations. I think we can slow down on that. The interior sure. defensive line is not as stacked and deep as the defensive ends. Um, so there are some guys that got some playing time, including on that second scoring drive that Notre Dame had that I probably wouldn't have wanted in the game that early. But what do I know compared to Larry Johnson? <laughs> but uh, it, it, that that's my only complaint really on the defense all night. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those keep guys fresh tactics, but at the same time, it might bring down the product a little bit. So for me, you know, I, I'm kind of looking at it as like, gosh, play the dudes. I mean, play the dudes when you've only got that many snaps. But, you know, again, what do I know? I'm not a college coach. Well, but it also has to do with like the mix. It was like it was a straight across the line of like the twos sure. and threes. Like yeah. if you want to mix one guy in at a time, if you want to keep Mike Hall in there, um, uh, but take Teron Vincent out, that's fine. If you want to take out. Uh, JT Tui Maloau, Jack Sawyer, and and Zach Harrison, and put some other defensive ends in. That's fine, but we don't want to have all four guys on the defensive line be the second and third teamers at once. I, th- it, that was my issue more than anything else. I understand sure, yeah. Larry's always going to rotate, but it was who they were rotating with that seemed right. interesting to me. There's two other big name guys that we want to talk about. And this is speaking of let's stick with the edge rushers here from out of state. One of the guys who is still very much, you know, in play for Ohio State, but seems to have a much larger list of potential schools than uh, Mateo Uyunglele does is Damon Wilson. He's from Venice, Florida, 2023 edge rusher, 6'4", 230, currently a five star uh, prospect for 24-7 sports composite rankings. He's number 32 in the country. What's interesting is, is as of now, he's Ohio State was his second official visit. His first official visit was to Alabama over the summer in June. So if he goes back to Alabama, it's obviously a fairly easy drive from Florida. I mean, it's he's down south in Florida, so it's actually not super close. That's a long drive, but a you know, fairly easy trip. Uh, but he has no other official visits scheduled as of now. So I don't know what that means. I'm assuming he'll take the other three because he still has interest from Georgia, Miami, which is fairly close by, and Texas. Um, but he was in town in Columbus, saw the edge rushers play really well, was able to be on, you know, in the horseshoe with Uyunglele, with Keeley. Like, those guys talk, and it seems like they all had a pretty good experience as well. Yeah, Damon's not one of those players that's like uber active on his social media. I mean, obviously, his Twitter is the one that kind of recruiting analysts will follow the most. And myself, I kind of look at Twitter over Instagram when I'm looking for headlines or news, things that break. Uh, but Damon's just not as active. So it's one of those recruitments for me that I have not followed as closely just because Keon's a name that's been brought up yeah. more. 
yeah, Mateo's a name that's been brought up more. But again, when you when you look at his profile and you see that the warm schools are Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas, Miami, you kind of know the caliber of the player that he is already. Um, six foot four, two hundred thirty, like you said, the five the number five edge rusher in the class according to the composite rankings. This is a guy that is a home run hit, and that is the most obvious statement you could say, but if Ohio state was able to make, you know, a lasting impression on him that again, they're not going to get all three of those guys. In my opinion, I just don't think you can get Mateo Keon and Damon all in the class. If you can hit one of the three, that is again, it's, it's another home run hit. So those for me, if, if you're looking at one of those guys more than the other um, it's kind of a who's who's comparison, if you will. I mean, the, Obviously, their rankings are all very, very high. But it, again, it just shows that Ohio State is still very much in the mix for a five-star edge rusher. Uh, they're doing a good job of you know staying in the mix this late into the game. And I mean, early signing day is only a couple months away. So if they're able to kind of show show these recruits what they're able to do on the defensive side of the ball this year, again, Saturday was just another example of things might be fixed. You know, I don't want to speak too soon, but listening to Jim Knowles talk in the post-game presser, it's just one of those guys that I'm just really impressed with. I mean, he came away saying, we haven't even really showed anything yet. You know, this tonight was really rather basic. So, I mean, I got really excited because I'm like, man, they looked so much faster on the field. They looked like they were, you know, just able to play more cleanly. I think of, you know, Tommy Eichenberg as a linebacker, and I'm kind of going off on a different topic here, but I'm just watching Tommy play, you know, last year during the regular season, it's like, man, this guy is as physical as I'll get out, but he just doesn't read things cleanly. And then you look at Saturday night and you're like, this dude is playing like his hair's on fire. He's not worried about, you know, reads and keys and stuff like that as much as he was last year. He's able just to flow to the ball and, and do his thing. And, you know, for me, again, it just shows kind of the, the scheme that's taking place, but also the coaching. And you can tell this coaching is definitely more, more involved. It's, it's, it's a little bit deeper in my opinion. And again, when he said that they've only showed, you know, a little bit, they were rather basic Saturday night. That gets me excited. And I think these recruits, if they're able to, you know, watch what the Ohio state's doing throughout the course of the season, you know, I do really think that bodes well for the Buckeyes and who they can finish with in the 2023 class. Yeah. I think like the last time you and I talked, like we were talking about the fact that there hadn't been a ton of, defensive recruits in the 2023 class yet and i said i I just i think that's because people are in a wait and see you know mindset when it comes to jim Knowles in the defense and obviously like you said it was just one game but they have to be pretty excited about what they've seen and if they can continue this you know when they go up against teams like wisconsin and iowa and michigan state and that team up north and whoever they end up playing you know hopefully in the postseason and in the playoffs like i i think that that just pushes people over the edge the obviously the the relationships that larry johnson and all of these other coaches have been able to form with them are keeping them in the mix and if they're really just waiting to get confirmation on the changes that the defensive is, is undergoing like it seems knock on wood like they're gonna get it so they're not gonna get all these guys but it seems pretty good that they are uh you know that 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 you know there's a possibility and you know is it gonna be like 20 uh, 21, where you get the two top defensive ends in the country with uh, JT Tuimolo and Jack Sawyer. Maybe not, but I, I, I wouldn't put two guys, two of these three guys coming. Like, I, I it, it seems like that's a possibility, um, even if it's, it's not super likely, but we will see. Um, the last guy I want to talk about, you talked about how great Tommy Eichenberg looked. And I, I'll be honest, like, I think we all kind of just assumed that he was like, Tough Borland 2.0, like great right. leader, great intensity, not a great athlete. Dude proved us wrong. And I think that could potentially bode well for this last guy 
uh, on our list uh, to talk about today that currently is a 2024 uh, prospect, but he is the number nine player in the country in 24-7 Sports 2024 uh, rankings. He is uh, linebacker Sammy Brown from Jefferson, Georgia, 6'2 225. Um doesn't seem to have a lot of schools, you know, kind of leading the way, but he is back. Uh, he was back on Ohio State's campus, not for the first time um, on Saturday night, but he's also got interest from Alabama, Clemson, Florida, Georgia. Again, if you don't even know who these guys are, just looking at who else has offers is uh, is a big deal. So uh, another great one to have on campus to see a really strong defensive performance. Yeah, if you look at Sammy Brown's profile, and again, you, you kind of touched on all the schools that have already offered him, but if you just look at him in general, and this is <laughs> this is probably uh, you know, me being an old school guy myself when it comes to defense. I mean, this guy is just an old school downhill linebacker. I mean, his profile picture, he's got the he's got the Bosworth flow and the mullet. I mean, it it's is, just it is. I was gonna say impressive. it is very it's much impressive. Yeah. He is just an absolute, I mean, he's born to be a linebacker. You look at this kid and you're like, that kid is wanting to hit everything in sight. So again, kind of a Tommy Eichenberg mold, if you will. I mean, this, this player's obviously got all the accolades that comes with it. Uh, but I think the exciting thing for me was, you know, probably being able to see Sammy Brown watch what Tommy does. And again, it might not be one of those, those things where Sammy knew how Tommy played last year, how Steele played last year. But again, if, you know, coach Jim Knowles, which I'm sure he's using these tactics is able to show him, Hey, here's film from last year. Here's what we did tonight. Here's Steel Chambers last year, you know, converting it as a running back. Here's what he did tonight. And I, I guarantee Jim Knowles is able to do those things with these players on their official visits, on their unofficials, if you will, and show them kind of, you know, what he wants to do, how he envisions them fitting into their defense. That's just what coaches do. Um, that, that's got an excited young man like Sammy Brown that, again, is one of those players that can play sideline to sideline as a linebacker, but also will, you know, come down and smoke you. But for me, the, the cool part of his visit was he was in, you know, town obviously for the game Saturday night, but was able to continue his visit on Sunday. His dad's in town with him. Um, so that, you know, that's really exciting. I know there's pictures on online on Twitter as well of, you know, him taking pictures with coach day in his office and having his dad, you know, in town with him, you know, this weekend on a Sunday to continue that visit. And again, I think shows, you know, what kind of priority that he's going to be early in the class. And again, you know, with CJ Hicks, kind of that guy in 2020s class, you know, just an absolute freak show um, linebacker. I think Sammy Brown's that guy in the 2024 class. So if Ohio State's able to get in on him early, even though he's from Georgia and is going to have every SEC power all over him, I think that does help. You know, being that Jim Knowles is kind of a linebacker coach by trade and and really is going to be able to show, you know, what he's able to do from the development standpoint at that spot. Let's let's wrap up here. You mentioned C.J. Hicks, uh, nicknamed Captain Buckeye, and the guy who has kind of been taking that lead for this current class a little bit, Luke Montgomery, but Brandon Ennis, who is in town uh, over the weekend and is already coming back, like he seems to kind of be starting to step up into the lead recruiter role for the 2023 class. Yeah, this I mean, this is a guy that you know you were just like super excited that the Ohio state had a chance with, you know, being that he was, you know, one of the top ranked receivers in the country, um, you know, it was like, man, if, you know, if we get this kid, it's going to be off the charts. And then obviously, you know, later on, he commits to Ohio state as part of that three day run, you know, with Cardell Tate and, and uh, Bryson Rogers. But I'm looking at Brandon Ennis now. And I just, I kind of look at his feed and everything is just so Ohio state, um, you know, mentions like, it's just, everything is, you know, Ohio state related. And he's having a heck of a senior season already for, you know, his American heritage team down in Florida. And I'm watching, you know, kind of him on the field and I, cause he was on ESPN last week and mm -hmm. just, 
you're watching him and everything he does after he scores, you know, after everything, you know, it's just Ohio state love and, you know, throwing and up the OH Fletcher. after the end. Yeah. Ex- absolutely. Him and Mark Fletcher. I mean, Mark Fletcher's got a huge Ohio state decal on the back of his helmet. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. Cause I know right now kids on my team, they're not allowed to wear anything except our logo. So, um, you know, that was kind of different to see, but also really cool. And especially um, like, because there's, some, there's all these rumors about whether it's Miami or Florida sure, trying nope. to flip these guys. So, I mean, the, the nope. fact that they're willing to put it one on their helmet and to two to be so demonstrative in, in recruiting other guys, like that speaks really well for their commitment to the program and to their commitment. Absolutely. And, and again, the, you kind of touched on it already, but he really has taken kind of that that role as leader in the class. I mean, everything that he's putting up there is, again, Ohio State favor. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's already going to be back on September 23rd for the Wisconsin game. And uh, again, whether whether it's, you know, you know, a, a family that's financially able to do that or not. I mean, when he's already taken an official to Ohio State, he was just here last weekend. He's going to be here in a couple of weeks for the Wisconsin game. I mean, those aren't just easy treks from Florida. I mean, I know it's just one flight away, but, you know, to put that much priority into, you know, fi- financially spending and putting all of those travel miles, you know, kind of on yourself rather than Ohio State paying for that, um, it, it bodes well to, you know, how seriously he's taking, you know, kind of being the leader of this class right now. And that's exciting. You know, a guy that's in the South, that's in Florida that, you know, is as well known as he is, you know, both on and off the field that that kind of bodes well for people that are, you know, gravitate towards him. So I'm excited for that. And again, I think, it, you know, I go back to Brian Hartline and just shows, you know, how good of a coach he is and able to get these guys bought in. But also once they're bought in, you know, they're able to kind of go and do their own work and recruit their players, uh, you know, in addition to what the staff's already doing. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we get out of here, I will mention the fact that it was not just football that uh, took advantage of the huge attention and excitement around the Ohio State Notre Dame game the basketball team also did as well of course a lot of the headlines are going to the fact that LeBron and Bronny James were on campus I still find it very hard to believe that Bronny James is going to come to Ohio State one because uh, not a great fit in terms of who else is in that class but even more so because of the connections that LeBron has with Nike and then in turn with Oregon. But I, I, the reason I wanted to mention that is the other big time guy that was on campus this weekend is Tayson Chat, uh, Chapman. And Adam Jardy just sent out a little message that he had spoken to uh, Chapman's dad, Tommy. And it sounds like they were blown away by the event, by the, by everything with the recruiting weekend. And there could be an announcement coming in the next week. He's also kind of looking at Kansas, Xavier, and UConn. But it sounds like Ohio State is in really good shape. Uh, Adam Jardy from the Columbus Dispatch obviously does not do crystal balls, but it sounds like the way he is talking about it. He's writing up a story now that'll be in probably by the time you hear this, you can read it on uh, uh, Columbus Dispatch or BuckeyeExtra.com. But it sounds like he's very much leaning to Ohio State, which which would be a great addition to the class, especially after they lost uh, George Washington III on Monday. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Lands, the Dotted Line podcast. Also, thank you, as always, Caleb. Uh, we love your insight. If you are finding this episode on landgrantholyland.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We are turning out one and on most days, two podcasts every single day throughout the entire football season. You will not hear these different types of unique perspectives and voices anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BWW Matt. Caleb, where can people follow you? Really easy. Caleb Hauser 9 is my Twitter, and we're putting out, like you said, the podcast, but I also write three articles, uh, you know, every other week, and then two articles every week on, on state secrets and other things that pop up. So, would be happy to have people read those and, you know, also give any comments or insight they may have, too. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you soon, and as always, go Bucks.